We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up Show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Today is Thursday, November the 12th, 2020. On today's show, I break down Saturday's game. Can South Carolina snap their ugly two-game losing streak as the Gamecocks head to Oxford, Mississippi to take on the Ole Miss Rebels? I'll break down Ole Miss in their entirety. Also, my top storylines, key matchups to watch, keys to the game, much, much more from there. Unfortunately, no guest interview today but we've got a packed show also taking your listener questions and voicemails. We've even got some news and notes to get into here on a Thursday, guys. So we got a packed show, a lot to get into. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. It's all brought to you by our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. Guys, Upstate Movers Group, superior moving service. They bring care and attention other companies can't offer because they're just too busy maintaining trucks and profiting off of them instead of focusing on service. Guys, service is what separates Upstate Movers Group from their competition. By the way, guys, they're not a trucking company. They are a moving services company, and they're also employee-owned co-op, which means their movers are paid twice the industry average, and everyone on the crew is just invested in the success of the project as you are. They also have dedicated professional crew members, and they offer black glove service. They offer end-to-end packing services, custom crating and packaging for special items, and cleaning services as well. They were founded by Greenville Natives and University of South Carolina alumni guys. So a Gamecock-owned small business. Gamecocks helping Gamecocks. They offer 20 years of project management and moving experience, and they can offer logistics and solutions that traditional moving companies simply do not have the skills for. Guys, if you're in the upstate or if you're in the state of South Carolina and you have any moving needs, we all know the process, how stressful, how strenuous moving can be. It's unnecessary. Don't do it. Hire the guys over at Upstate Movers Group. You can find them on social media at Upstate Movers Group. Again, at Upstate Movers Group. And check them out as well at their website, upstatemoversgroup.com. Like I said, guys, the moving process, it can be stressful. It can be strenuous. You're losing things. You're trying to keep up with everything. You don't want to break anything. And honestly, it's just a pain. Nobody wants to do it. Nobody wants to have to do that when you're worrying about everything else you have to worry about in the moving process. Like I said, if you're moving tomorrow, next week, over the next few months, whatever it is, give my friends at Upstate Movers Group a call. And like I said, guys, if you need any more motivation to do so, a Gamecock-owned small business, Gamecocks helping Gamecocks, founded by Greenville Natives and University of South Carolina alumni. So again, that's my friends over at Upstate Movers Group. For all of your moving needs, whether you're in the Upstate or in the state of South Carolina, give Upstate Movers Group a ring. Again, check them out on social media at Upstate Movers Group. And also their website, of course, upstatemoversgroup.com. That is upstatemoversgroup.com. Be sure to check them out and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. The show is also brought to you by our friends over at Southern Oaks Remodeling. Guys, Southern Oaks Remodeling, locally and family-owned, they offer over 15 years of experience, and they specialize in roofing, windows, doors, siding, 
and additions serving the greater Columbia area. Guys, again, I talked about with Upstate Movers Group, service is what makes the difference. Same thing here with Southern Oaks Remodeling, guys. Service, the people, that is what stands out. Also, the quality of the work they do. You can check them out on social media as well. Southern Oaks Remodeling, they've got pictures, they've got videos, all the work they've done, guys. We're coming up on the holiday season. We're coming up on Christmas. And, hey, we're coming up on the new year as well, guys. Believe it or not, 2020 is almost over. Stop putting off that remodeling project you have. Give the guys over at Southern Oaks Remodeling a call. Again, you can check them out on social media, Southern Oaks Remodeling. They've got a website, a Facebook page also, and you can give them a ring, 803-899-0284. Again, that's 803-899-0284. Again, over 15 years of experience, so you know they know what they're doing. They're going to take care of you. And anything you want done, roofing, windows, doors, siding, additions, Whatever project you may have, Southern Oaks Remodeling is the way to go. So, again, guys, that's Southern Oaks Remodeling. Check them out on social media and give them a call, 803-899-0284, and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it. As always, appreciate you guys tuning in. We have got a packed show here on a Thursday. We're finally talking South Carolina football on the field once again. You know, I feel like this week, obviously, with all the turmoil and coming off of the debacle that was the Texas A&M game and everything that happened, I totally understand. You know what I mean? I totally get it. We're talking about Will Muschamp. We're talking about his status as head coach. We're talking about potential suitors that could come to South Carolina But, man, I started to get to a point Tuesday night where I'm like, man, it's starting to kind of get to me. Let's start talking Gamecock football on the field once again because you know what? Whether some of us like it or not, whether no matter how you feel about the game, the Gamecocks play this weekend. They have another opportunity, as Will Muschamp would like to say, against the Ole Miss Rebels this weekend. It's crazy, guys. This will be the fourth game in a row for South Carolina against the SEC West, which is crazy. By the way, guys, I do want to wish you, for all the golf fans out there, I know I'm one, happy first round of the Masters. I hope you're all doing fantastic. I hope you're all enjoying if you're watching the Masters coverage. But congratulations, guys. We officially made it to competitive rounds. We officially made it to round one of the Masters in 2020, and it feels so good to say that. So, again, I know not all of you are. Maybe it puts some of you to sleep, but for all the golf fans out there tuning in, guys, we made it. We made it to Masters Week. We are here. And, guys, like I said, no guest interview, by the way, on this show. I do apologize for that. Obviously, normally we have Monday, Thursday guest interviews. But uh, my guest that I had lined up for today, he had to bail late in the day Wednesday. And, honestly, there's just was not enough time to reschedule or, or do another interview or whatever. So, again, I'm going to push this interview back to Monday. So, today, hey, you just get a full dose of of me, whether you like it or not. Again, we're talking South Carolina Ole Miss. And let's go ahead and dive right into a Gamecocks traveling to Oxford, looking to get off the schneid, 7.30 kickoff on SEC Network in Oxford, Mississippi at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. 
a fantastic, a fantastic place to tailgate, by the way, at least I've heard. I've never been to the Grove, unfortunately. I was looking forward to going this year. But, of course, of course, the game has no fans because of COVID. So, thanks a lot, COVID. Again, at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium, those of you that are going down, hope you have a fantastic time, by the way. Um, Ole Miss in this game, as they sit right now, is a 10.5-point favorite. Over-under set at 70.5. The series history in this one, by the guys, is really, really interesting. Tied at eight and eight, 16 total games played, tied at eight and eight. So whoever wins this one will take the series lead. South Carolina currently owns a three-game winning streak in the series. So for whatever reason, South Carolina has had a lot of success against the Ole Miss Rebels for whatever reason. I don't know. Last time they met, we all remember 2018, that crazy shootout. South Carolina won that game 48 to 44. And I'll be honest, compared to South Carolina football now, when you look back at 2018, man, that sure did feel like sure did feel like simpler times. You know what I mean? Um, Ole Miss breaking them down. Their head coach Lane Kiffin in his first season. They do sit at two and four overall right now. And when you look at this Ole Miss team, it's it's very interesting the way they have gotten there because offensively they have been phenomenal. They have been dynamic. They have been explosive and kind of what you'd expect from Lane Kiffin. Um, an offensive mastermind, if you will. They are second in the SEC overall in total offense. But defensively, who boy, it has been a struggle. They are worst in the SEC in defense by a wide margin, guys. We all know how bad LSU has been, by the way. LSU is second to last. They're giving up over 50 yards more per game than LSU, and they're giving up almost 100 yards more per game than the team that's in front of LSU. So, I mean... It has been a rough, and I mean a very rough go at it for this Ole Miss football team. But again, they found a way to get the job done offensively. I'm trying to look here. Yeah, listen to this. Ole Miss is averaging scoring 38 points per game, which is great. That's phenomenal. They are averaging giving up 40.7 points per game, guys. 40.7. 40.7. They're, average, they're also averaging giving up 231 yards rushing per game and 302 yards passing per game is what they are giving up defensively. It has been a rough go at it for this Ole Miss defense, and that is putting it nicely. Offensively, again, averaging 215 on the ground, 325 through the air. They're doing work, but they're playing basically a brand of Big 12 football in the SEC. I mean, it's crazy. Defense is optional in Oxford. Let's go ahead and move to the top storylines, guys. And this one I sort of mentioned at the beginning of the show, and it revolves all around the University of South Carolina. My top storyline in this game, simply put, guys, and listen, we heard all the comments and the chatter on Tuesday from Nick Muse and other players and Will Muschamp, and I know the emotions were flying and things got kind of crazy on Gamecock social media, especially there for a little bit. But this football team, this coaching staff, how does South Carolina respond to turmoil? Because that's what you're in right now. There's no way to sugarcoat it. You know, there's just no other way to put it. You've lost two in a row. You got embarrassed at home. Really, you got embarrassed at LSU. You didn't think it'd get much worse as far as in a losing effort. And you you topped that by astronomical levels by the way you lost at home to Texas A&M. So back-to-back losses. Your head coach, you know, is on the chopping block. I mean, there's been rumors I've been talking about, guys. I want to see replace Will Muschamp. It's not a it's not a question of if, it's a question of when at this point for Will Muschamp. So you've got all that swirling, all that going on. How does this South Carolina football team behind closed doors 
respond to the turmoil? Do we see a team come together, circle the wagons, play for each other, have each other back? And again, they all said the right things on Tuesday. Hey, I love Coach Muschamp. I take a bullet for Coach Muschamp. I'd do anything for this man. But what is it really like behind closed doors? Does South Carolina use the criticism and the the turmoil, if you will, to their advantage and let it fuel their play and let it be a fuel to the fire and they come out inspired and fired up and ready to get a big win on the road? Or do we see a hapless South Carolina football team? Do we see a team that it has taken a toll on them, that they look emotionally and mentally worn out and they don't look ready to play and they don't look inspired and they go out there and get get embarrassed yet again? How does South Carolina respond to turmoil? That, to me, is the top storyline going in this football game. Another big storyline for me, and I just talked about him. We have to talk about it. Will Muschamp. And again, it's unfortunate that a lot of the storylines in this game don't solely revolve around things on the field. But the reality is they don't. There's other things going on right now. There are other conversations being had. Again, What's true and what's rumor is up to, you know, for you to decide, if you will, you at home, you can decide what you think is real and what's not. But where there's smoke, right, that old saying, where there's smoke, there's generally some fire. And so a lot of conversations right now are being had behind closed doors about Will Muschamp and his future at South Carolina and his overall job. My other big storyline is this, Will Muschamp coaching for his job, man. I mean, you have to think if South Carolina goes out there against Ole Miss and Oxford on Saturday night and gets embarrassed yet again, let's say Ole Miss covers the spread, okay? Let's say Ole Miss covers the spread in this football game. If something like that happens yet again, again, it's not a question of if. It's a question of when. It's a question of when. And the more South Carolina continues to lose football games, the closer that decision comes down, that the closer we get to that decision being made and that decision coming down and eventually Will Muschamp losing his job. How does that affect the way Will Muschamp coaches, by the way? Because, listen, he's a guy we all know, very hard-headed, sticks to his ways, doesn't really change anything up for whatever reason, for better or for worse. He is Will Muschamp through and through. You know, and again, they can say they ignore the noise and they 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 zone it out. And what? Hey, that's, we know that's not true at this point. I mean, Nick Muse admitted he he literally reads and consumes everything. Will Muschamp is showing up on notifications for me as far as he viewed my video, so they know exactly what is being said. But there's no secret. I mean, in this one and every game from here on out, Will Muschamp is on life support. His his job is on life support. This man is coaching for his job. Does that affect the way? Does that affect the game plan at all for him and this coaching staff? Does that affect the game plan in regards to maybe how aggressive South Carolina is? Maybe, you know, just what they try to do overall as a football team. But the must champ storyline in this one, you know, you have to talk about it. Again, I, I wish the storylines only revolved on the field, but they simply do not this week. They simply do not. I mean, the fan base is basically completely out for the most part. Everybody's ready to move on. I think everyone's come to accept that this thing is over. So, again, Will Muschamp's status at South Carolina, it's on life support. There's no doubt 
He is coaching for his job Saturday. How does that affect the game plan that Will Muschamp and this coaching staff go into this football game with? I'll be very curious to see that. Another top storyline. I talked about the fan base being out, basically giving up, losing hope, whatever. It brings me to this. And this kind of can all feed back to Muschamp and everything else. But I know one of the major questions we all still have and will probably still have up until the game. Who trots out there and starts at the quarterback position for South Carolina? Who is it? Is it Colin Hill again? Is it Ryan Alinsky? Is it Luke Doty? Because I've talked about this earlier in the week, and I'll say it again. The entire reason I defended Colin Hill was not because I thought he was this elite player or you know, that he's some Heisman candidate kind of quarterback. Like, he's some truly bona fide stud back there. You know what I mean? The reason I defended Colin Hill, and it was after the LSU game, was because I wanted people to understand and realize that he was not the only reason and the only problem why South Carolina was losing football games. I, You know, hey, have your energy with Colin Hill, fine, but make sure you give that to the defense as well. After the Texas A&M debacle, I've had a bit of a change of heart, if you will. Just in the sense of this. You know, you lose like that 48-3 to at home. And again, most of your fan base has jumped ship at this point on the entire Will Muschamp experiment, his entire tenure, him being the head coach any longer. And most fans, hey, most fans, you get a gauge on the pulse of Gamecock Nation going in the game this weekend, they have no hope. A lot of them don't even want to watch. And I totally get it. I totally do understand. To give this fan base, this team, this program, and maybe it lasts five minutes into the game. Maybe it means nothing. Maybe a change at quarterback would mean nothing. But to give a spark of any kind, you have got to change the quarterback. You you just simply have to. You don't have a choice. Again, it's maybe a little bit unfair to Colin Hill because – Again, it's not all on him. South Carolina has a plethora of problems that we all are familiar with. The offensive line, the receivers, the defense. I'm not even mentioning running backs because you know what? I think Kevin Harris is doing a fine job. But there are problems all the field. We all get that. But this team needs some sort of spark. This fan base needs a spark. This program needs a spark. And again, I I say this hesitantly in the sense that I hate saying that you should change things just for the sake of changing things. I hate saying that. I really do. But in this scenario, going into this game, when everybody is so down and out, you almost need to change quarterbacks just to give South Carolina fans a reason to watch. Really. Just to spark their interest. Just to give them a glimmer of hope that maybe this guy, whoever it is, whether it's Helensky or Doty, can salvage something in these last four games. So who is it that starts the quarterback? Is it Ryan Helensky? Is it Luke Doty? I tend to think it will be Ryan. I tend to think that it will be Ryan Helensky. Again, I don't have to tell you guys what he's done. Played a lot of good, meaningful football last year. No, he's not a perfect player. No, he's not a perfect player in the slightest. He has his issues, but you can't deny he's a fan favorite. He's a, he's, he's a good kid. 
He's kept his head held high through this whole thing as far as losing his job in the preseason. And I said it a couple weeks ago, and I'll kind of say it again, guys. If you're going to lose this game to Ole Miss, fans would rather lose with Ryan Helensky than they would Colin Hill. They'd rather lose with their guy. And again, you never know. Maybe getting a fresh voice, a new fresh voice in the huddle, could provide a spark for this team and provide a spark for this offense. You know, we saw, I equate it back to when Steven Garcia was at South Carolina, and you saw this in 2008 and 2009 when, you know, he first started to kind of take over the job, and and you could just see there was a difference when Steven Garcia was out there. The team rallied around him. Maybe you can have that same type of effect, but if you just, if Will Muschamp just trots Colin Hill back out there to start this game, it will scream to me he just genuinely does not give a damn what you or I or anyone else thinks, and he just genuinely doesn't give a damn about keeping his job. Because so- something has to change. Something's got to give. You can't get embarrassed back-to-back weeks and just roll into this game as a double-digit underdog, guys, with the same personnel, the same 22, and say, well, you know what? We're going to go with the same guys and hope we get a different result. You just can't do it. You just cannot do that. So, again, who starts at quarterback for South Carolina? Is it Ryan Helensky? Is it Luke Doty? Or, God forbid, is it Colin Hill again? That is going to be something definitely we are all following very, very closely as we get closer and closer to kickoff. Speaking of quarterbacks on the Ole Miss side of things, Matt Corral or John Rise Plumley? <clears throat> Who does South Carolina see more of? You take a look at their statistics, and boy, these numbers jump out at you. Matt Corral is completing 72% of his passes. He's thrown for 1,846 yards, folks. They played six games. He has 18 passing touchdowns. They played six games, guys, averaging over 300 yards per game. Again, I know, I know we're going to see we're, – we're probably going to see a little bit of both, and Corral's going to be the starter. But Ole Miss does like to play both guys. They do like to play both guys. You look at John Rice Plumley, 24 carries for 100 – or excuse me, 90 yards, a 3.8-yard average. Matt Corral has ran it 67 times for 281 yards for two touchdowns and a 4.2-yard average. Who do we see more of? Again, I think it'll be Corral for sure. But how does South Carolina handle these two very, very talented quarterbacks? Can the Gamecocks get after these guys? Because, again, you look at the numbers. Ole Miss has been phenomenal offensively. There's just no other way to put it. I mean, they have been fantastic. Scored 35 against Florida. Scored 42 against Kentucky. Scored 48 against Alabama, 33 against Arkansas, 28 against Auburn, and 54 against Vanderbilt. So, they've been dynamic, to say the least, on offense. But you're going to see a little bit of both of those guys. How does South going to handle that defensively? What is the game plan for the Gamecocks? Almost more importantly in the quarterback situation, though, continuing along with the top storylines, almost more important in the quarterback situation is the running game. Can South Carolina stop the running game? And guys, I'm going to tell you a stat really quickly. 
that is going to make you feel very, very, very uncomfortable. Okay? Very uncomfortable. South Carolina has given up defensively now. <laughs> South Carolina defensively has given up over 200 yards per game rushing in each of the last three ball games. Over 200. Okay? And to nobody – and you've lost two of those in embarrassing fashion. And Auburn, honestly, if they kept running the football, you probably have lost that one too. Over 200 yards rushing, you've given up in three straight games. Ole Miss, right? Ole Miss is an offense. Guess what they average rushing per game? 215 yards. And they've ran for 13 touchdowns. If South Carolina can't stop the run, guys, and I mean, again, you could say this for every single game this season, and maybe it's just a basic football thing, but if they can't stop the run in this football game, the Gamecocks will get boat raced. I and mean, there's just no other way to put it. They'll have no chance. Okay. What does South Carolina do to counteract that potent Ole Miss running game? Because they've got multiple guys, by the way, that can hurt you in the running game. Jerrion Ely is the big guy. He's got six touchdowns. Snoop Connor with five touchdowns. Again, Matt Corral has two. They can hurt you in so many different ways in the running. And that's the funny thing. When people think of Lane Kiffin, they think pass, 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 like throwing all the field. No, they run the football as good as anybody in the country. So can South Carolina hold their own? Are the Gamecocks going to make the decision this week to stop getting pushed around? Honestly, is it going to happen? Is somebody in that locker room going to step up and say, I ain't getting my ass whipped again this week? I'm not doing it. I'm not getting embarrassed again. Can the Gamecocks stop the run? And my final storyline, guys, because I've seen some of your predictions. <clears throat> and again, maybe you're just optimistic Gamecock fans, which is great. We need, the, we, we need you guys. We need optimistic Gamecock fans, especially in a time like this. But I've seen a lot of you guys' predictions as far as Oh, Carolina's going to win a shootout 45 to 42. It's going to be 48 to 45, like blah, 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 whatever. And we all know the over-under set at 70 and a half. Ole Miss with the worst defense in the SEC. Like, Vegas is expecting points, no doubt. They're expecting points. My question and my top – one of my top storylines and my question is this. Is South Carolina capable of winning a shootout? Because I said this a few weeks ago. I've said it really all season, and I'll say it again. I don't think South Carolina's built to win a game like this. I don't think South Carolina's built to go out and score 42 to win a game 42 to 40 or 42 to 38 or whatever the score is. Again, if you're going to do it any week, this is the week, right? If you're going to explode offensively any week, this is the week. And, you know, the Gamecocks, obviously embarrassing performance against Texas A&M. They've had their issues on the outside as far or as far as finding guys that are going to make plays for you at the wide receiver position. Just finding playmakers offensively. You know, if there's any week to break out, though, and find those guys and start to develop them, this is it. Again, you're playing a very weak defense. Last in the SEC by a wide margin. But I just still, I'm not 110% sure 
South Carolina can go toe-to-toe and play that type of football game. Because I think what you saw at LSU, when things started to go awry, I think that's sort of what's going to happen. Like, I think that showed you in that game. When South Carolina has to go outside of its comfort zone and they have to go away from the running game and they're throwing in obvious passing situations, it's not a good thing. It's not, it doesn't bode well for this South Carolina football team. And so, again, here's the thing, though. You're, if you're going to win this game, in my opinion, you're going to have to win in a shootout. South Carolina, I think, you'll have to score at least, at least 38 to win. I no doubt in my mind, you're going to have to score 38 to win. Can South Carolina win that type of football game? I'm not 100% sold on it, but again, we'll get the answer to that question on Saturday night. So again, those are my top storylines, guys. Let's move into the key matchups to watch. Key matchups to watch for Saturday night's game, and they're presented to you, by the way, by our friends over at Yardware, because today's show is brought to you by Yardware. Guys, Yardware is a veteran-owned operating company licensed by the University of South Carolina, selling must-have Carolina yard and wall signs. Guys, these signs are made out of 12-gauge laser-cut steel and come in both garnet and black. Guys, I can tell you I have mine in my studio, and I'll tell you what, made out of 12-gauge laser-cut steel, they definitely feel that way. The quality, the detail of these things, that is what really stands out in these signs. Football season's obviously in full swing, guys. Basketball season's upcoming. Christmas is right around the corner. There's no better time to get your sign than today, guys. Again, we're doing our Christmas shopping right now. We've got all of our friends, our family, people in our lives we want to get gifts for, whatever. And Christmas shopping is not the easiest thing because you're thinking, I don't want to get a gift that's too big. I don't want to get something too small. Hell, I don't even know what they want. If they're a Gamecock fan, this is a must-have item. First things first, get one for yourself. But again, whoever it is, it's a must-have for any Gamecock fan. It can go anywhere. Your yard, your office, your studio, garage, your man cave, your living room, dining room, bedroom, whatever. It's a fantastic piece. And hey, it's also not going to break the bank. Only $34.95. So it's a great stocking stuffer, like I said, for any Gamecock fan. You can order yours today at YardWearSigns.com. That's YardWearSigns.com. They're also on social media at YardWearSigns. Also, guys, I'm recording this on Wednesday, on Veterans Day. Like I said, they're a veteran-owned and operating company. They were also founded by University of South Carolina alumni. So again, a Gamecock owned small business. Gamecocks helping Gamecocks. And by the way, guys, I haven't been mentioning this, but they are charitable, which is awesome, right? It's always nice when you go buy something. I'm sure we see this all the time on Amazon and stuff. You'll go buy something that says, hey, a percentage of the proceeds go to charity. Well, guess what? 10% of net proceeds from Gamecock signed sales, guys, will be donated to the Hollings Cancer Center at MUSC. So again, it's a no-brainer. You're buying a Gamecock sign. You're helping a Gamecock-owned small business, a veteran-owned small business, and 10% of your purchase is going to the Hollings Cancer Center MUSC. I mean, you have no excuse not to buy one. Honestly, guys, it's a great piece. It's a great bang for your buck as well. The detail, the quality, it's going to last you a lifetime. It's a must-have for any Gamecock fan. So, again, go check them out on social media at Yardware Signs, and you can go order yours today at YardWearSigns.com. That is YardWearSigns.com. Be sure to check them out and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up show sent you. All right, let's dive into our key matchups to watch, guys. And I'm going to start on the line of scrimmage for South Carolina. 
I talked about how important stopping the run is for the Gamecocks. Again, I think if South Carolina cannot hold their own in the running game, they're going to get absolutely boat raced. And listen, you've been pushed around the last three weeks. And I said to you guys, who's going to step up? Who's going to be that person who's going to say, no more? I'm tired of getting my ass kicked. I'm tired of getting pushed around. You know who you look at in those situations? Your veteran guys, your seniors, your guys who are supposed to be your leaders, your guys who have been there a long time. That's why I'm starting with defensive lineman Keir Thomas against running back Jerion Ely. Again, Keir Thomas, a guy, he has been here a long time. He has seen everything that's happened within the Will Muschamp tenure. He's a Will Muschamp guy through and through. Has played good football for South Carolina this year, I might add. You take a look at Jerion Ely for Ole Miss. Six touchdowns, averaging 5.2 yards per carry. He is their, their bell cow back. He's going to get his yards. There's no question in my mind. But can South Carolina at least hold their own? Can they hold their own at the point of attack? Can they win on the interior and get some sense of penetration, just some sort of penetration? Because South Carolina has been unable to get any over the last few weeks, and it starts with a guy, a veteran, like Keir Thomas. So against defensive lineman Keir Thomas, against running back Jerion Ely. Moving to the other side of the ball, other side of the line of scrimmage. I talked about who's going to play quarterback, okay? And I think most likely we all agree at this point, it's either going to be Colin Hill or Ryan Holinsky. You know, Luke Doty being the true freshman, as much as some of us would like to see him out there, he is a true freshman. I don't think they're going to go with him. And I think it will most likely be Ryan Holinsky. But guess what? Neither Ryan nor Colin are fleet of foot, and your pass blocking has been atrocious this year. Ole Miss features a pretty solid, for as bad as their defense has been, they feature one of the elite pass rushers in the SEC. So my second key matchup is offensive lineman Jaston Turnantine against defensive end Sam Williams. Sam Williams leading Ole Miss with six sacks so far on the season. Turning time, I should say, by the way. I think it's turning time. Jazz and turning time, whatever. Um, he's been playing the left tackle spot for South Carolina. Dylan won him on the right tackle spot. Obviously, we know the importance of that left tackle spot, especially with a right-handed quarterback. That is his blind side, okay? That is his blind side. In South Carolina, they're going to have to be able to throw the football if they're going to stay in this football game. So that means you're going to have to be able to give your quarterback time to throw. Whether it's Hill, whether it's Zelensky, hell, whether it's Luke Doty, whoever it is, you got to keep that guy in the pocket upright, and it starts blocking a guy like Sam Williams. Again, he's had a ton of success, six sacks on the season. So, again, offensive lineman Jasden Turnantine against defensive end Sam Williams, a big, big matchup for that South Carolina offense. And finally, to my third key matchup, we go back to the defensive side of the ball because, again, guys, I feel like the majority of the key matchups in this one are going to be South Carolina's defense because if Ole Miss is able to run their offense and just do their thing and kind of go about their business, the Gamecocks don't stand a chance anyways, okay? They really don't. So going back to the defensive side of the ball, my final key matchup, and this one will be a really, really fun one. Two elite players on the outside. Defensive back J.C. Horn against wide receiver Elijah Moore. Guys, Moore, his stats, these numbers I'm about to read off are eye-popping, okay? 61 catches. 829 yards and six touchdowns. I mean, guys, we've only played six games. We've literally only played in six games, and this dude has 829 yards. He's averaging over 10 catches a game, okay? And I've talked about a, a lot about, you know, oh, J.C. will shut his man down. J.C. will shut his man And, and listen, I fully expect J.C. Horn to have another big game in this one, but you can't think he's going to completely take away Elijah Moore. 
Okay. This one will be fun to watch. Two guys will be playing on Sundays. Again, JC, his play speaks for himself. He's having a phenomenal year for South Carolina. Is setting himself very nicely to probably be a first-round draft pick. Again, Elijah Moore on the other side having a fantastic year. He is probably their top playmaker offensively. You've got to at least limit him. He's going to get his catches. He's going to get his yards. Might even get a touchdown, but you've got to limit him. You've got to find a way to do so. So, again, my three key matchups in this one, defensive lineman Keir Thomas against running back Jerion Ely, offensive lineman Jaston Turnentine against defensive end Sam Williams, and defensive back J.C. Horn against wide receiver Elijah more. Let's move guys into the keys to the game. What does South Carolina have to do to go on the road and get the big double digit underdog upset over the Ole Miss Rebels? And of course, guys, with the keys to the game, before we get into that, it is presented to you by my friends over at my bookie. I got to talk about my bookie, guys. Between the NFL, college football, all the other sports, there's no shortage of games to watch. And with thousands of lines available on all your favorite sports and events, you can turn your game day into payday with my bookie. Guys, if you're the person who likes to back the big favorites, consider putting a couple in a parlay for a much bigger payout. Not only do parlays make meaningless games exciting, but more importantly, they give you a chance to turn ordinary bets into a real moneymaker. And guys, of course, don't forget the underdogs. They have a ton of value. The thing about college football, the NFL, whatever sport it may be, underdogs really never are dogs, right? Every team truly has a chance to win, and you do as well. Game spreads, championship futures, and player prop bets. It's never too late to get in on the action and start turning your sports knowledge into actual cash in your wallet. Guys, you can sign up today at mybookie.ag, and when you do, use the promo code GAMECOX to claim a deposit match dollar for dollar all the way up to a thousand bucks. So again, guys, mybookie.ag promo code Gamecox. You go put in a thousand bucks, they're going to match it with a one thousand dollar free play. Guys, it's a win-win. A free play is awesome. Trust me, you put that money down, you lose, doesn't come out of your account, you win, bam, it hits your account. It is awesome. It's a win-win. It's a bonus designed to give you a little help and a head start on your winning season. So, guys, again, that's promo code Gamecox. Promo code Gamecocks for you to claim your bonus when you make your deposit. Stack UFC cards, college football, NFL, the Masters. Hell, we got golf on this weekend, all the major sports and more. Sign up today to begin your winning season exclusively at MyBookie. All right, guys, let's dive into the keys to the game. How can South Carolina go on the road into Vaught-Hemingway Stadium at night and get this W. How can the Gamecocks snap this ugly, atrocious two-game losing streak and try to turn this thing around in some form or fashion? Because, hey, I will give credit where credit's due. Will Muschamp saying, you do have four more opportunities. That is the reality. You've got four more opportunities. And it's crazy to think you're a bigger underdog in this game, by the way, which is sort of random, but you're a bigger underdog in this game than you were against a top 10 Texas A&M team. I mean, that, to me, is a little mind-blowing. But again, let's dive into the keys to the game, what I think South Carolina needs to do to get the win this Saturday. My first key to the game, and I've been talking about Ole Miss offensively this entire show, obviously, the playmakers they have, the weapons, Lane Kiffin being an offensive genius. They're going to get their yards, okay? There's just no question. They're too good. Lane Kiffin is too good of an offensive head coach. They're going to get their yards but winning in the red zone, winning on third downs, bending but not breaking. That is my first key to the game, bend but don't break. Again, 
offensively, Ole Miss, they're going to do what they do best. And defensively, you have struggled, South Carolina. You have struggled mightily. I think it's asking way too much to think this Gamecocks defense is all of a sudden going to go out there and find some spark and pitch a shutout or, or throw up their best game of the season. It ain't going to happen. You know you have deficiencies on the defensive side. You can't stop the run right now, which in turn, you can't stop anything. This Gamecocks defense, can they come together, bend, but don't break? Hold them to field goals instead of touchdowns. Because, again, you're going to have to score points in this game to win. But win those battles in the red zone. Win those battles when you get close to the goal line. Hold them out of the end zone and make them kick field goals. If you do that, I think you give yourself a chance to compete and possibly win this football game. My second key to the game. You know, I've talked about the quarterbacks, talked about Kevin Harris, the lack of options on the outside. You know, I don't know whether it'll be Ryan Holinsky, whether it'll be Luke Doty, whether it'll be Kevin Harris, whether it'll be Jalen Brooks or Shai Smith or Nick Muse or Rico Powers or Xavier Leggett. I don't know who it'll be. But my second key to the game in this one, You've just got to find a spark offensively. I mean, I don't, again, I don't know who it's going to be. I don't know who it's going to come from. Whether it's a change at quarterback, is that all it takes? Or somebody makes a big play and kind of gets everybody going. But you've got to find something to hang your hat on, something to feel good about, something to get the juices flowing, get the boys excited. And again, maybe that comes from just purely a quarterback change. Maybe that's all it takes. Maybe it's Kevin Harris trucking somebody or breaking off a big run. Maybe it's Shy Smith making a one-handed catch. Hell, maybe it's somebody not named Shy Smith making a big catch. But it needs to happen early in this game. It has to. You've got to find a spark offensively. And again, I, I can't tell you guys for certain where that where that will come from. But you got to find that spark. You have to because you're going to have to score points to win the game. Okay, you're going to have to. So who is it? Who's that guy that steps up that sort of goes from looking around to, oh, who's going to make the play to I'm going to make the play. Give me the ball. I'll make the play. Who is that spark for South Carolina on Saturday? My final key to the game, and I mentioned this a little bit earlier at the beginning of the show, but not to steal a speech from The Longest Yard, which is a fantastic football movie, but South Carolina football, you're in hell. We're, we're in hell right now. This is college football hell right now is where South Carolina sits. You genuinely cannot get much lower than where South Carolina is right now. We're in hell, okay? There's turmoil, abundance of turmoil. Coaching change. I mean, hell, the conversations this week haven't even been about on the field. None of it. It's been about the head coach. Change the head coach. Change the head coach. You got fans and players going at it. You got coaches and fans and players all going at it. Everybody's pissed off. Everybody is ready to burn it down to make wholesale changes. I mean, people are fed up, dude. The turmoil is at an all-time high. My final and third key to the game is this. Circle the wagons. Find a way to come together for the greater good, for the common purpose of trying to win a football game. Can South Carolina use this turmoil and use this chatter as fuel to the fire, 
as extra and added motivation. Maybe they'll be playing for their head coach. Hell, I don't know. But again, you can't deny all of the conversation that's been going on this week about Will Muschamp being fired, about, hey, potential suitors for the next head coach. People are already talking about that. Because again, like I said, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And these players, hey, Nick Muse, guys, is if you think Nick Muse is the only one that's, that's reading everything, that's consuming all this, all this content on social media, he ain't. He's not, guys. He's not the only one. I, there's a lot of them that are doing it. A lot of them. So they see it all. They hear it all. Can these guys channel that and come together, block out the outside noise, come together in the locker room, play for each other, have each other's back? Hell, like I said, play for their head coach. Maybe they want to, maybe they'll they'll play like a team that's desperate to save their head coach's job. Can the guys in that locker room and behind those walls circle the wagons and, and come together? Because if they do not, if they let the outside noise affect them, if they let that leak into the locker room, it'll be over before it even starts. I mean, just totally honest with you, it'll be completely over before it even starts. So these guys have got to find a way to come together, circle the wagons, play for each other, lay it all on the line, and just let the chips fall where they may from there. So again, my key is the game. Bend but don't break. Find a spark offensively and circle the wagons. You do those three things, I think South Carolina might have a chance to pull the upset this weekend. So, we'll see. Only time will tell. So, all right, guys, that is my preview. That is my breakdown of Ole Miss. Obviously, tomorrow I will have my official score predictions. The Gamecocks head into Oxford. Can they do it? Will they do it? Will South Carolina pull the big upset and find a way to beat the Ole Miss Rebels? We'll have to wait and see. A uh, couple of news and notes really quickly here. Full basketball schedule has been released. I wanted to let you guys know along with that as well. The basketball season preview show will be upcoming. I'm taking a look at the calendar right now. Within, I mean, obviously within the next two weeks because tip-off is literally November the 25th. So that preview show will probably air Monday, November the 22nd. Um or maybe even Wednesday the 25th. I'm not 100% sure yet. You guys stay tuned for that. But I will be doing a full breakdown, preview, predictions, all that good stuff for South Carolina basketball. So I want to make you guys aware of that. But the full basketball schedule has been released. Gamecocks starting their season November 25th in an exhibition. They haven't announced who the opponent will be, but that game I think will be at home. Um, some tournament play after that on that weekend, the 28th, 29th, and you got Clemson on the 19th. You got Wofford at home on the 10th. You get into SEC play in January. So, guys, it's crazy, but basketball season is literally right around the corner. I mean, it's literally two weeks away. So, really, really excited to hear that. Also, one other quick note that I know affects South Carolina. I know Gamecock fans will be very interested to hear, though. Hugh Freeze getting an extension at Liberty through the year 2026. Now, does this mean South Carolina could not still go get him? No. Will it be tougher? Yes, because they're going to have to pay that money and, and buy out that contract, if you will. So, you know, this, I don't know if it takes Hugh Freeze off the market necessarily, but certainly an interesting update is the Gamecocks as we kind of evaluate 
you know, if the change does happen, if Will Muschamp is fired, which again, if things continue to go the way they are, I think it's inevitable who the next coach at South Carolina could be. So very, very interesting um, sequence of events there for sure. All right, let's dive in, you guys. Listener questions and voicemails, and we will wrap this thing up. We've actually got a voicemail from Monday afternoon um, that did not get on the show. I think we've got two, actually. Let me see. Um, trying to see here. No, I think We just have one. We just have one. Okay, all right. We've got one voicemail, and then we'll get in your listener questions. Hey, what's up, Chris? Um, hopefully everybody's week is doing good. Um, this past weekend was definitely a travesty. Um, I remember calling in uh, last uh, Thursday about um, some out of quarterback change. And, yes, I agree with you. No matter who you put in, um, it's definitely – I mean, it's definitely not going to make a change just because of Colin Hill has been doing the best he can with the offense. Um, and the defense is just, I don't know what's going on with the defense. Um, but I want to talk about, um, people was making a good point about how, uh, Will Muschamp's first couple of years has gone better than Steve Spurrier's and whatever. And they still kind of, you know, have the same record or whatever. I heard something about that. I just, I just think that's kind of messed up because Will Muschamp has actually had talent other than, uh, uh, Spurrier. If you think about it, I mean, just think of what Spurrier could have done with Bentley and Debo and Brian Edwards, all on the same team. You know, they definitely would have put up 40 a game, especially with his uh, offensive mind. And I just don't, I just think that, you know, there, it's just been talent. There's no excuse for my champ. There's talent we've been getting four and five stars the past couple of years. So why can't we get wins? You know, I just don't get that. I mean, hopefully he's what I think they are going to do is wait the year out and hopefully fire him after the deadline to where um that I think his buyout goes down after December or something. That's what I hopefully vote. No one Ray Tanner in South Carolina, who knows at this point, but uh, just want to get my feedback and hopefully we can make somewhat out of the season. <laughs> All right, man. Go go. All right, man. Appreciate the voicemail for sure. Um, You know, there are a lot of reasons why comparing Will Muschamp to Steve Spurrier is stupid. <laughs> so, I mean, if you want to go with yours, that is completely fine with me. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a bad call. You know, people don't, people don't like to even – they don't like to talk about the fact also that think how much better the facilities were when Muschamp took over. I mean, just think about it. Bro, you, it's, it's not apples to apples here, okay? One's a Hall of Fame national championship head coach. And the other's not. Like, there's, there's no comparison. And I, I, you can pull up the records. You can say that, bro, I don't care. I, I genuinely do not care. Hey, none of Steve Spurrier's teams ever went four and eight. And guess what? Those Spurrier teams, even when they weren't winning, they were fun to watch. The product was entertaining. And hey, guess what? Spurrier didn't have the expectations Will Muschamp has because the expectations weren't at Carolina. And that's not a bad thing. But again, Will Muschamp's already failed at another SEC school. And again, I, I shouldn't have to explain this, and I'm not going to spend much, much longer on it because it, it's just it's silly. It's a silly argument. It's a silly, silly argument. But again, some people, for whatever reason, still love to go back to it. And, and it's just like, 
No, dude, no. So uh, there's no comparison. One's a national championship coach. One's a winner. The other's not. So leave it at that. Appreciate the voicemail. Appreciate the call as always, my friend. Um, All right, let's get into your listener questions here. We'll wrap it up. Saltwater Swag says, if South Carolina wins out, does Muskrat keep his job? Listen, guys, sure. We'll say sure. Why not? There's a better chance of Jesus Christ himself coming down from heaven to be the South Carolina Gamecocks next head football coach than these Gamecocks finishing out this season 4-0. Bottom line. So, if they win out, does he save his job? Sure. Sure he does. But it ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. They're not even going to go 3-1. So, Ekarch08, has Muschamp lost the locker room? I, I would say no. When you hear the way his players talk, I mean, no matter what, no matter where Muschamp has been, no matter how bad his teams have been, his players just continue to love him. I, I, you know, which I mean is, is a quality of his. Hey, don't you can't take anything away from him. It's a great thing. But no, I, I don't think he's fully lost the locker room. No. JB Gary underscore 0630. Do you think the buyout will be the whole 15 million? I, I think if and when they make the move, I think they will they will talk him down. They will negotiate it down. I don't think it'll be a full 15 million or anything like that. Um, Gerard, or uh, Gerard did this beat. Do you agree that extension should only be given if it's backed by performance? Well, I mean, that's, that's a given. That's a duh. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Nathan Helm seven. Do you think we have a chance at this game? If we change our quarterback, you have a chance. I also did say last week though, that I don't give a damn what you change. As long as you have Will Muschamp as your head coach, nothing's going to change. So maybe it provides a spark. Maybe it does, guys. Maybe it does. But how much can really change? That's my question. CP3 underscore presents underscore. What do you think about Will Muschamp's comments about overlooking his accomplishments? (sighs) Next question. JT Rollins underscore 14. Final question. Do you think Doty is the best quarterback right now? No, I do not. I mean, a true freshman kid, man, I, I want to see him play more, 110%. But no, dude. He's, he, I mean, the guy's never really even taken a meaningful snap. I mean, you, how can you say he's the best quarterback on the roster? Just because he's athletic doesn't make him the best quarterback. And, I mean, again, I want to see him play. There's no doubt. But, I mean, do I think he's ready to be handed the keys to the car? Probably not. So, Again, guys, appreciate the questions, appreciate the voicemails. Always appreciate you guys engaging. That's going to do it all for me again. The Ole Miss preview is in the books. I will have my official prediction tomorrow on Friday. Again, continue, guys. Appreciate your love and support. Continue to tune in to the Daily Crow, noon to one, every single day, Monday through Friday. Also, the watch party this Saturday. Overtime bar and grill. Doors open at 11, kickoff at 7.30. Pre-game show, 6.30 to 7. And again, kickoff at 7.30. It'll be a blast. A really, really good time. Great food and drink specials. Great venue. Great people. It's a really good time. Guys, as always, I'm Chris Phillips with the Spurs Up Show. Appreciate you all tuning in. Hope you all have a fantastic day, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks so much.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.